what prayer released in the life of the early church. And we won't go back through all of that, but you can find that if, if you would like. So tonight, we are going to start off in Acts chapter number 5. And, uh, and now, we're not going to be reading there right now, so just bear with me. We're actually going to get in to, to walking through Acts towards the end. So just bear with me for a few moments here. What I want to talk to you tonight about is this concept. And I want to set this concept for you first so that when we begin to walk through the book of Acts, you will have this concept in your mind. And as I'm taking you through there, you will begin to see this. But tonight we're going to talk about the thread of prayer. There is in reality, all throughout the book of Acts in particular, all of the great stories of the book of Acts, all of the, the great happenings and the miracles and the souls that were brought into the kingdom, all throughout that great book, there is a thread that weaves all the way through it. And, and that thread is a thread of prayer. And you're going to see this because prayer releases something. Now, all the way through the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, there is a thread. And threads that weave through the entire story of mankind. Now, the thread that weaves from Genesis to Revelation uh, in the Word of God is the thread of the Messiah. And the shed blood that, that atones for sin and destroys sin in lives and brings us back into union with the Father. Because in the Old Testament, we have the Messiah, Christ, concealed. In the New Testament, we have the Messiah, the Christ, revealed. And the thread runs all the way through. When you read about the sacrifices in the Old Testament, they are pointing to Jesus Christ and what He is going to accomplish upon the cross. When you read about the festival days and the feast days, they are all really pointing and, and showing pictures not only in national Israel for them to, to, to keep and to follow, but they are pictures of Christ, the Messiah, and what He is going to bring. But in the book of Acts, we see a thread that runs throughout, and it is a thread of prayer. And so we're going to look at that tonight, because how many believe that prayer should weave through our lives on a daily basis? That when we look at our lives, whether we look back of the time that we came to know Christ, or just before that time, and we look to the very end of our life, and, and, and we look back, we should be able to see the thread of prayer that was weaving through that, that entire life process. Where we are communicating with God. He is communicating with us that we are engaged in personal prayer. We are engaged in intercessory prayer. We are engaged in ministry prayers. Prayers of agreement. Praise has been the dominant theme of our life. And if you look back from tonight. And you look back into your Christian life. And prayer has not been a thread that is woven through your life. You need to begin tonight making it a priority. Because prayer is where power comes from. As we pray, we draw closer unto the Lord. As we pray, we are able to put down our flesh. 
we are able to lay down our will and take up His will. As we pray, we are able then to hear the direction of the Lord in our lives and move in obedience according to that direction. And so it is important that we make a priority out of prayer and that our prayer life should be a thread that weaves through. It is always, now here's what we're going to discover in the book of Acts. Prayer is the thread that always weaves through a growing people and a growing church. If people are going to grow in their walk with Christ, prayer is going to be consistent. If a church is going to grow, and by growth, whether that means numerical growth, whether that means spiritual growth, whether that means um, growth in the families that make up the church. If a church is a growing church, it is going to be a church that is a praying church. Because prayer always leads to growth. Consistent prayer leads to consistent growth. So we need to take this seriously and we need to understand this. The first thing I want to talk to you about this thread of prayer that I want to talk to you about. In, the, in a master's hand, maybe I could put it this way. In a tailor's hand, by tailor I mean a seamstress or a, the male version of a seamstress is a seamster. I had to look that up because I didn't know that. I just heard Taylor. But then I read Taylor was just the gender neutral word for a seamster or a seamstress. So, uh, uh, so, but in the hands of a master tailor, a person that knows what they are doing, in the hands, the thread in their hands becomes powerful and capable. It, the thread that without the touch of the master's hand can't accomplish anything on its own. But put into the right hands, it can become powerful and capable of becoming what it's intended to become. Now, we'll, we'll talk a little more about that, and we're going to break that down. But I, I want you to say, the Bible is full of, you know, you know, the Bible talks about the potter. It talks about the father as the potter in the potter's hands. The clay was marred. Jeremiah would be taken down to the potter's house, and he would look as the potter was working with the clay, and he made something out of the clay, and then it was marred in his hands. And if you know anything about pottery, you know that as it spins then if, a, if something gets in it that makes it get off from what it needs to be, it has to be pushed back into the lump and it has to be either brought out, uh, worked out, or remade. And so the Bible talks about in the potter's hands, the vessels can be made to be useful. Okay, Not only in the potter's hands, but we also see that, that, that God can be referred to oftentimes as an artist or a, a, that's painting a picture with our lives. That if our lives are in His hands, if our abilities are in His hands, He will work things all together. Have you ever watched someone that, that is painting something and it looks like nothing until all of a sudden... With just a few, a few of the right strokes, you begin to get a picture of what the artist is making. And then, with a few more detailed strokes, all of a sudden, this 
picture, this beautiful work of art just begins to jump out at you and you didn't see it there before but but that brush and that paint was in the right hands that knew what they were doing and was able to make something out of what we would have seen is nothing that's how God is with our lives and what I want to say to you tonight is that is the same way our prayer life is Because prayer is like a thread that weaves through our life. And so if we are constantly communing with the Father, and we are coming through Jesus Christ, that He's the access that we have to the Father. His his name, in His name, we have been given access because we have received life because of the price that He paid at Calvary. And when we communicate with the Father and we are in proper alignment and we we are consistently praying, we are putting our life and our situations and our circumstances in the hands of the master tailor. That as we put our prayer into his hands and we put our life into his hands, he is able to take it. He's able to weave it together through all of the things of our life and make something out of what we are able to give to him. But if you are not giving him anything of your life to work with, you are limiting what he desires to do with your life. Amen. That's why prayer is important. Because prayer is releasing something to the Father so He can take what we release and then He can make it work on our behalf. Amen. Don't, don't, don't fall into this trap of just thinking that, well, since God loves me, and since I asked Jesus to be my Savior, and I believe He is the Messiah, and I believe He is my Savior, well, that's enough. So now, God, all of these good things should just start coming into my life. But if you're not giving Him anything to work with, you're not calling upon His name, you're not spending time in His presence, you're not growing closer to Him, then there is limitation in your relationship. How many know any relationship that does not have consistent communication will face limitations? Amen. And, and, and it's the same way in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. If there is not consistent communication, there will constantly be limitations. And how many know God is not limited? Do we understand that? God is an unlimited God. He... Don't laugh at me. I saw that. He is. I'll stand on this side because I may fall over that side. I don't know. I've got too much stuff standing around me here. He is an unlimited God. But we limit what he does in our lives when we are not in consistent communication with him. When we are not submitting to Him, and we are not walking with Him, and we are not talking with Him, and we are not working with Him and for Him. When, when we do that, then we are limiting Him. It's not that God is limited. There is no limit in God, in anything God has for your life. The only limitations come from your and my lack of consistency. The more consistent we become the more unlimited our life looks. Amen. 
Do you know it's that way in anything? The more consistent you are with something, the better you become at it. Right? Unless it's golf. And then it doesn't matter at that point. But the more, no, it even matters then. The more, you, you may still shoot bad, but you play better. Some of you golfers will know what that means. We, the more consistent we are. Now, let's bring this into our spiritual life. The more consistent we are about the important things, and prayer is one. Worship is one. The Word is one. Have you ever noticed when you become more consistent in your devotional time in the Word and your study time in the Word, your life begins to look more unlimited. You can begin to believe for more things. Man, because all of a sudden you're reading these things in the Word. And you're reading the promises that, that the Father has made us through Christ who has purchased our lives for us. And you're reading those things. And the more consistent you are to see that, the more unlimited your faith begins to look. And it's the same way in your prayer life. So the more you pray, the more you will desire communication with the Father. And the more unlimited your life will begin to look. Because the more you will hear the Father speak to you. People that say, well, I don't, I don't hear the Lord speak to me. I would dare say, and I'm not judging you. If you've said that, I'm not judging you. But let me just say this. I, w- I would believe. I'm not judging you. But my belief would be, if you do not hear the Lord speak to you, either through His Word or in your spirit and by His Spirit, through your spirit, if you're never hearing the Lord, I would dare say you are not spending enough time time communicating with him because he speaks can we can we just make a agreement here tonight by a show of hands in house and online you can just follow how many of you believe god is still speaking now i i know some people would tell you differently some christian people But do you know, this is a closed book. God finished this book. He wrote it. He's not adding Scripture. We have all the Scripture that we need. From Genesis to Revelation, it tells us all about Christ and about God's plan and the way of salvation and the fall of man and God's covenants and what God is going to do. We have all, all the, and that's that's not going in. But some people will say, when God led by His Spirit into men's hearts and people's hearts, and they finish writing what is in this canon of Scripture, God no longer is speaking. He already said everything. But you know, that's not, that's not accurate. God is still speaking. God is Logos, but He also is Rhema. He still speaks a fresh word into our life, not just this spoken word that, that we have. He, he is still speaking to us today he is communicating to us he the heavens declare his glory every day that's what the word tells us the trees of the field clap their hands the mountains rise up in honor of the king the valleys bow low before him the stars are declaring his glory amen the the lord is still speaking his spirit is still speaking into our lives and into our hearts so if we are not hearing him There is something wrong with our communication. And I would say it's because we have not prioritized 
prayer. Or we have misunderstood prayer. And we think prayer is just a laundry list of things I want. Or when I get bad news of something I need. And so that's what we call prayer. So as long as everything's going good, I don't really need to bother God. That's the worst way to live your life. Amen. Let me tell you why. How many of you have people in your life? Don't look at anyone around you. And nobody online. Don't put any names online. But how many of you have people in your life that the only time you hear from them is when they need something? Otherwise, you don't hear from them. Don't have a relationship with them. But when they need something, they come to you. See, that's not, that, that's not. And if that's how we treat our Father, Heavenly Father, if that's how we treat uh, our, our Lord and Savior is no communication, unless we've got some great need that we can't handle on our own, well, then I guess I need to go to God. No. Be consistent. And then when a need arises, there will be nothing out of the ordinary about you communicating with your Father. Amen. So we need to put our prayer life, our prayers, the Bible says, you have not, what's the Bible say? You have not why? Why do we not have? Because we ask not. You have not because you ask not. I have determined, Lord, if the Lord will help me, I do not want to not have things because I didn't ask for them. I would rather ask for things that God said, no, you asked to miss for that. But I would rather ask and not have than not have because I didn't ask. Amen. And so, so we need to be communicating. So we need to be consistent. We need to be walking with Him. We need to put our prayer life in His hands. Make your petitions known. Communicate with the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. So communicate with the Lord. And, and how many understand prayer? To, to pray you don't always have to you know, kneel down or close your eyes or fold your hands or, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff. You can, I know this is heresy for some, but you can pray standing up, walking with your eyes open. <laughs> you can pray while you're driving down the road. Please, if you pray when you drive down the road, I pray you're not one of those people that believe you have to close your eyes when you pray. God will allow you to open your eyes and pray, especially when you're driving. So there you go. Just, but pray. Be consistent in prayer because you are putting your life in His hands. You are putting your communication line in His hands, and you are releasing the limitations off your relationship. How many would like to live a life in relationship with the Father that is unlimited? Then prioritize prayer. He is the master tailor that's able to take that prayer that threads throughout your life and he's able to put it all together and stitch it all together and turn it into exactly what you need. 
He's able to take it, and it can become the borders. It can become the holding together of everything you need in life. And as you're communicating with Him, He's taking those prayers, and He's putting it all together, and He's making for you exactly what you need in order to navigate in this life. Some people say, I, prayer is boring for me. Prayer is hard for me. Well, then you're not doing it right. Somehow you've got a religious spirit in you if it's boring to you if you don't speak king james english don't pray in king james english now you might hey hey all of us if we're raised you know in in church i'll i'll catch myself saying some these and thous in my prayer now all right because it just feels right sometimes you know but that's because i was raised if that's not how we talk Again, I'm not judging you. Maybe that's how you pray. If you can do that and stay fully engaged, God bless you, go for it. I can't. So we need to pray. We communicate. Communicate in a way you understand, and it will not be boring. Listen. Spend as much time listening as you do talking. Amen. Do you know the Hindus and the New Age movement... And they did not create meditation. Meditation is a God thing. I think on these things. Right? I, my thoughts dwell. I bring every thought into captivity. Right? We meditation. It, let my let my heart meditate upon you, O God. Let uh, we we meditation is a God thing. That means to meditate. It doesn't mean sit around and just um. You know that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about when we talk about medi- meditation. I start to say medication. Meditation. If I said medication, sorry, forgive me. Meditation. It when we meditate, we are listening. We're stilling. S-T-I-L-L, that may not be a word. We are calming our spirit. We are quieting our spirit, our voices, our words. We are being still before the Lord so that we can hear Him. Amen. If you're an easily distracted person, then get all noise out of your way when you're listening for God. Amen. Listen. Listen, because God's speaking. He'll communicate. Oftentimes in my prayer life, the Lord will communicate to me through the Word. I'll be listening for Him, and a scripture will come into my spirit. And maybe I know where it's at, or maybe I have to go look up where it's at. But I'll go, I'll go and look it up. I'll go find it, and I want to see what God's saying to me. And I'll read, not just, not just the one verse, but I'll read around that and see if this is God saying something to me. And I'm listening for His voice. And, and when you really listen, have something ready so you can write down what you're hearing. And then you can weigh it out according to the Word. A- amen. This is, this is prioritizing prayer and putting your life in his hands. And I, I'm really, this series, I'm trying to be as practical as I can about prayer. Because I feel like the church is so lacking and negligent in prayer. And so I'm, I'm trying to just break this down as we talk about prayer. And I'm, I'm trying to communicate it on a level that, that probably for many, it's just, it, it seems way too low. Well, that's too obvious, Pastor. But something is keeping us from properly praying. 
And so we need to understand these things. Okay? All right. Next thing I'm going to tell you is about this thread of prayer is the thread of prayer is what knits together. That thread knits things together, connects things. If you take two pieces of fabric and you sew them together, you run the thread through them and you connect them together. And I'm not going to go very deep in that because I, I, you know, I'm a I'm a uh, needle and thread just enough to patch something up type person. That's about all there is to, to what I do. But 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 when you when you can take two things and put them together and then you put that thread in the right place and understand where it needs to go, it puts together and makes something. That's what God wants to do with your prayer life. You offer it to him. You offer that thread of prayer to him. Then he takes it and begins to knit together exactly what you need. He begins to make together. In, in the New Living Translation, Psalm 139 and verse 13. In the New Living says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You, you knit me together. You put me all together. Prayer will put your life together. Because prayer is a thread God can use to put your life back in place together. It's, it's a knitting together. I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures here and just, just share these with you. And just bear with me because we're, we're getting to, to the book of Acts. But in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 2. It says that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attempt and, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. And, and, and Paul says in, in verse 1 of chapter 2, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you. I've been calling out. I've been asking God that you would be knit together in love. When we are not walking in love and unity, we need to pray. So God can take that prayer and can begin to knit us together. Join us together. Lock us together. Amen. There's some other scriptures in, in Colossians 2 verse 19. It says, And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and, and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. As a body, our corporate prayer life together causes us to be knit together as a family. That's why I believe God fights prayer meetings. That Satan fights prayer meetings so much. The least attended, and this is not because we're having Tuesday night prayer and I'm mad at you because you're not here. That has nothing to do with it. The, the least attended, and by the way, we had an awesome prayer time last night and we had a great group here last night. The least attended function in the church is prayer. It, it, it just is because there's so many distractions, so many things gets in the way. The enemy hates prayer because prayer corporately together knits us together. 
It makes us strong together. It helps us realize we're all part of the body and we need one another. And we supply different things to one another. And when we are praying consistently, God's able to take that thread and He's able to knit us together. And and what I need, He's able to bring someone alongside if we're praying. He can bring Vernon alongside and provide what I need. Or Robert, and give what I'm weak in, He may be strong in. And as we are communicating with the Father, He can connect us to the right people, the right places, the right time, and, and we will find strength together. Amen. It's a thread. You can look up Ephesians 4, 16. You can look up in the Amplified Version, 1 John 2, 27. I won't take the time to go into all that. But here's what I want to say about that concept of being knit together. Thread, the thread of prayer. Thread knits things together for function and for use. So if prayer is a thread that weaves through our life, that thread that we are offering to the Father, that prayer that we are offering up, He then is able to take it and He's able to knit it all together, work it all together, weave it all together for function, for usefulness, to make it something that can make our life something that can be used. Thread, properly placed, allows material's potential and purpose to be revealed. Material can carry a purpose and potential but without the thread to put it all together in the right places and in the right way, it will never be what it could be. Amen. That thread is what is put, and that's what our lives are. Our lives are this material, this canvas, this, this being, this body of potential and possibility and purpose. But if we are not communicating with the Father, that thread of prayer, we're putting our lives in His hands, then, then we are not able to become everything God wants us to be. But when we are communicating with Him, He can knit it all together and make it fulfill its purpose. Cause us to be people of purpose. Thread produces something beautiful in union. If we'll put that, God can take that prayer that we offered Him, that thread of our life that holds us all together, that, and, and He can weave it all together, and He can put His masterful hands to it, and He can make something beautiful out of our lives. Do you know God can take mess-ups and make something beautiful? Amen. In my mind, I think of, of, of quilts. Have you ever had a quilt made of old garments and old shirts and things that then are put all together and and what was old on its own now becomes a treasured item amen one one of my uh treasured items as a pastor was a a covering a quilt that frida uh made for me an ou uh, and I, I've sat under that thing all the time. It hangs over the back of my chair where I sit. So I can just put that over because it, it not only is it functional, not only do I love the way it looks, but it has meaning. It has purpose to me. A amen. That's what God can do with our prayer life. If we'll release that to Him, He'll use it as thread and He'll make something beautiful and union out of it. And, and then thread put together holds everything together under adversity, strain, and struggle. That thread can, can be so strong 
that it can be threaded onto bags that can carry heavy weight because it's heavy enough to hold when everything's trying to rip it apart. See, that's the thread of prayer. Put in the hands of God. And He can put it all together and He can make your life strong and beautiful. He can knit it all together and, and make potential come to life. And He can make you useful and give you the proper function. Amen. That's, that's what God wants to do. If we will communicate with Him, He will bring this our lives alive. But we have to give Him that communication. We have to give Him our life. We have to spend time in His presence so He can do this. Okay? And then all thread and all stitching is different because it's for different purposes. So you need to know what type of thread or what type of stitching is needed for that moment. <laughs> Amen. So we need to become people of good understanding of what kind of thread of prayer to offer. It, in personal garments, in personal lives, we need personal prayer. When it, when it comes to coverings and, and tents and canvas that's going to hold corporate things, it's a different type of thread that goes up. Amen. When it comes to triage settings where wounds have to be sewn up, it's a whole different type of thread that's needed because it's a thread needed in an emergency situation a thread needed that is is going to be the right quality and the right type that's going to do the work and church we need to understand that when someone comes to us with a need that's not the time for us to just sit with them and have our own personal prayer work on our own garment when they come to us with a need, it's time for triage, for stitching, that our prayer is putting it in the Lord's hands where He can heal up and bind up the wounds and sew up those hurting areas. See, that's what that's it's important we understand the type of prayer needed in the moment. And that only comes from a life filled with prayer. Amen. Okay, now let's look at this quickly tonight. And this is this this is just what I saw in my heart and wanted to bring to you in Acts chapter 5. And I'm just going to hit a couple of things in these chapters. And all I'm going to do is just hit a couple of things with you. But I want, as I read through these, I want you to think with me about the thread of prayer. And what it's doing. And what's happening. In Acts chapter 5 and verse number 12. Now in the first part, there was... And uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira lying to the Holy Spirit. You remember that story? They said they sold something. They held something back. They said they gave all and they died. Man, that's, that's pretty rough. That's New Testament stuff, by the way. That's, uh, don't lie to the Holy Spirit. There's a good lesson to learn right there. But in verse 12, Acts chapter 5, verse 12, it says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. And so they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. And also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were all 
healed. Guess, guess, what's, guess what's the thread behind that great passage? They were a praying people. They were asking for the sick to be healed. They were casting out uh, the enemy out of people, unclean spirits out of people, people's lives. Signs and wonders were being done through them because they are people of prayer. See, there's, there's this thread of prayer. You'll never be a signs and wonders person if you're not a consistent person of prayer. Because the thread of prayer gives strength for your garment to have ability to accomplish the things God wants you to accomplish. Amen. Verse 29 of that same chapter says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. They had told them, don't, don't preach about Jesus anymore. Don't do that. Well, we've got to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you hung on a tree. God exalted him. And we, in verse 32, and we are his witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God gave to those that obey him. They are people that say, we got to obey God. We gotta, we're going to be with him. We're going to say what he tells us to say. And, and we can't listen to you. They were able to stand strong. What's, what's brought them to that place, what weaves behind them, is their consistency in communication with the Father. Now, I'm, I'm just going to try to reveal this to you because I think it's so important. I'm just going to hit a few things. Verse 42 lays it all out of Acts chapter 5, the very last verse. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching, preaching Jesus as the Christ. They're in homes. They're preaching. They're teaching. And what always accompanies preaching and teaching is prayer. They're communicating. This is what gives them power and gives them strength. In Acts 6, they say, now we've got, a, we've got contention. We've got some widows that are upset. Some are not being served properly. And they said, we need to give ourselves to the Word. So look out some people. Find some people that can serve. Follow the Holy Spirit wisdom and we'll appoint them over the business. Verse 4, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose some people, Stephen being one of them. And the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I want you to listen to me. It wasn't just the apostles, the disciples praying. It's the whole congregation, but they just said, we're going to, some are going to serve tables, are going to work in that way and pray. We're going to give ourselves to prayer and the word. We're going to give ourselves to prayer and the word, and miracles occurred because prayer was prioritized. Might have lost my anointing if I'd have just kicked it over there and knocked it down. So. Then Stephen stands up and preaches. Acts 7. Verse 54. I want you to notice what they say. It says, And when they heard what Stephen said, in Acts 7, verse 54, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, listen to what he did. He gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, look, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 
And then they cried out with a loud voice and they stopped their ears and they ran on him. And, and they threw him out and they were going to take his life and they stoned him, verse 59, as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he said, do not charge them with this. And he went to sleep. He was praying in a moment of trial, in a moment of difficulty, in a moment of struggle. He was praying and he was able to withstand to the end. Why? Because the thread of prayer makes you strong and able to bear up and hold up through anything that you're going through. Amen. Acts chapter 8, it's still going. Now Saul's persecuting the church. The church is falling into hard times. But they leave and they scatter and they go down and they start preaching now to Samaria. And the, and the Bible says they came to know the Lord in that city. And, and then Peter and John come down and are going to minister to them. And verse 15 says, Who when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And they received the Spirit. They prayed for them. The city was one to the Lord. Prayer was going on. So now they know this is not the time for personal prayer. This is the time now of ministry prayer. And they're praying for them. And that thread is now bringing people to the kingdom. So what are we seeing so far? The thread of prayer has strengthened the believers. It's caused them to be able to withstand anything. It's given them the ability through prayer to see wonders and miracles and signs. And it has given them the ability to evangelize a city and now to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 9. The character comes full throat into the scene. A man named Saul of Tarsus. And in Acts 9, and he, he runs into Jesus on his way to persecute the church for believing in Jesus. And he gets blinded on the road. And he goes into the, a house of Simon and he's there. And in verse 10 of Acts 9, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And Ananias said, Lord, I can't go down to him. He's killing us. He's throwing us in jail. I can't, I can't do that. And, he, and in a vision... He's seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him, and he will receive his sight. And when Ananias said that, then he said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name for the Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel, and I'll show him how many things he must suffer. He goes in, lays his hands upon Saul. His scales fall off his eyes. He can see, becomes Paul, the greatest writer in the New Testament who brought the gospel to the Gentiles. Look what the thread of prayer has done. Because it has weaved its way through their lives. Now, even their tormentor and their persecutor has been brought into the kingdom. And the world now is being changed because the church is praying. You see the thread? It weaves through the whole story. Sometimes it's spoken plainly. Other times it's in the background. 
Sometimes your prayer life is in the background, but it's producing things. Other times it's in the forefront and people are coming to the Lord and miracles are occurring. But the thread of your prayer life will determine the growth that you have and you see in the kingdom of God through your life. I, I hope you can hear that. I know that's simple, but I think somehow we, you know, I don't know how many people I've heard say, and I said it myself. Boy, I just wish we could see things like they did in the book of Acts. How many would, how many would like to see happenings like they saw in the book of Acts? You remember 3,000 souls came to the Lord in a moment. Men. 5,000 were the number of the men that would come to the Lord. And miracles were occurring. Just the shadow walking by, they were being healed. Later on, handkerchiefs off the body of Paul was going to be given to people and they would receive their healing. The Gentiles are coming to the Lord. The whole world is being turned upside down, they would say in Acts 17. But do you know why? Because Jesus is Lord. Because the Spirit is powerful. The church was obedient, but the church was praying. And the individuals in the church were praying. And even the ones that served tables were praying. Because I didn't go there, but remember when they said, Pick seven men full of the Holy Spirit to serve the tables of the widows that are being left out because we need to give ourselves only to the Word and to prayer. Do you remember I, I pointed it out? The first one mentioned in that list that they chose was Stephen, who then just later would preach the gospel and was praying and saw God and saw heaven open and saw Jesus standing and asked in the midst of persecution for them to stand. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying individual prayer, corporate prayer, ministry prayer. They were a praying people, a part of a praying church, and they turned their world upside down. It's the thread that should weave through our lives. And if we are not praying, we will never see our full potential. Revival always comes preceded by prayer. Somewhere, somebody calling on the Lord. I would dare say every one of us in this room are saved today because somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. An intercessory prayer. There's never been a person that grows in their walk with the Lord that doesn't have a prayer life that is consistent and growing. There's never been a powerful move of God at the hand, through the hands of people that did not come through the hands of praying men and women. We read about the people that performed great miracles. They were people of prayer. Amen? You hear the great healing revivals. Oral Roberts and some of the great healing revivals that took place. They were people of prayer. It's time that we understand the priority and power of prayer. 
And we allow it to be the thread that weaves through our entire life, through this church, and through the body of Christ. If we want to change our world, we need to change the consistency of our prayer. Stand to your feet with me. How many want to, how many really want to see God do amazing things in your family, in our communities, in our city, in our church, in our own lives? Then prioritize prayer. God's the same. I'm God, I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The Spirit of God is the same Spirit that hovered over the void and darkness of the earth before it was formed. Same Spirit at the end of the book that says, And the Spirit of the bride say come. He's the same Spirit, full of power, full of the miraculous. The only limitation to seeing All that God wants is finding a people who have faith and will communicate with Him and live for Him. Amen. Let's pray. And let's grow in the Lord. You have to accept Christ. Shed blood gives us life. But as a Christ follower, you have to communicate in order to reach potential. Amen. We're going to pray as we close tonight. And we're going to pray over needs.